Hey, good evening, and welcome back to the Chipman Brothers Tangent Podcast. Um, as yes. always, I'm Chris. I'm Bob. And uh, we're um, we're into October. We Woo-hoo. are in October. Yeah. So you've been dealing with um, or hitting up Halloween festivities in Salem, good sir? Sometimes, yeah. I've uh, been here and there and around. Nice. It's only, um, it's only like 4th, so... Yeah, I know they did their big um, uh, parade yesterday, right? Yeah, they had their parade. Yep. So, Bob, I didn't know if you were aware of it, but um, we live in a society. Did you know that? We, we do live in a society, Chris. We and, do. And that, and that society is controlled by a system, Bob. That society is controlled by a system. Yeah, I, I, I saw a movie that reminded me of that over you and did. over again. You did. You did see the movie about the society. Yeah, um, so, so spoiler alert, Bob and I are going to talk about Joker. Joker, yes. And um, this is topical because it just came out. So, hey, there you go. It just came, Joker just came out, just hit theaters. Chris, did you feel afraid for your life going to see Joker? Well, you know, Bob, it, it's funny. I was, I was really worried that, um, you know, that the, the woke social justice warriors were going to stop me from enjoying um joker (laughs) um i was really worried you know i i will tell you this i was i was met at my screening of joker by um by people in edgy joker costumes that um would would make a juggalo blush bob edgy joker costumes yeah dude so i went to a 4 p.m screening on thursday pre-screening and there were just people everywhere that looked like they were like ex-corn fans from like 1999 that like went and got their like clothes back out and then just painted joker smiles on their faces do they also live in a society you know bob they wanted to remind me if i didn't know that that i live in a society so so um, they, and- they- they, they they too live in a society though. Yes, and that society is is what's trying to keep us down, Bob. Now is 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 the society related to the man? No, it's related to the system. The system, okay. And is the man part of the system? I, I think there may be a man or the man um, that that wants to make sure the system is in place to ensure that we continue to live in a society, Bob. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I I think I, I'm I'm not sure if I got it completely clear, but I think that that society and that system may be the reason. Uh huh. May be the reason that um that the Joker has to do things. Ah. Uh, okay. I think that's the takeaway. So so this same crowd thought that it was completely fine to just you know spark up some freaking joints in the theater like it was a Dave Matthews Band concert. They were not vaping. Oh, I, no, because there was smoke. Okay. <laughs> and and not, not that I have an issue with that, but what the crap? Yeah. <laughs> these these things just struck me as weird. So, Bob, you've you've you released a couple of things about Joker. Yes. Um, so so so, what did you think about this very very important film from um, um the the auteur of our generation, Todd Phillips? Oh, yes. Uh, Todd, Todd Phillips, the director of Starsky and Hutch, the movie Road Trip and the Hangover Trilogy. Oh, and don't uh, forget the Scoundrels, Bob. You, you really 
you're forgetting, you know, his greatest works. Oh, uh, yeah, School for Scoundrels. Uh, yeah, um, I thought it was bad. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought it wasn't good. Uh, you know, it's the whoever it was in in whatever like little random podunk police department that like sent out that memo that got picked up by the news that said they were like you know gonna put extra cops in their theater because they were worried about the aurora thing happening again which you know was a tragedy and was terrible and i understand someone like being worried but whoever did that like warner brothers should send that guy like a fruit basket delivered by margot robbie herself in like full harley quinn gear like the the latex one from the cartoon because holy shit you know this is the most middling about nothing not that violent not that controversial not that cutting edge not that about anything you know like limp dick leaking piss of a movie when it comes to you know being like edgy and they've got they they had like a week of stories you know, about how this was like treating this like it was Fight Club, Clockwork Orange, you know, like this dangerous movie that, you know, people didn't want you to see because we were worried that people were going to get all riled up by the message and, and riot in the theaters. And it's it's not even that. Like, it wants to be. It knows how to look like one of those and yeah. sound like one of those. But it's not. And it's it's all just texture and nothing underneath. And, like, literally everyone, myself included, who has to cover this stuff and write about it, like, for, like, a living, got, like, sucked in by this fake hype machine for this movie that very cynically leaned on the 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 outrage news cycle to puff up what's basically just another goddamn batman movie uh for and and promote it as though like an an imitation of an edgy movie as though it was an edgy movie and it's just it's just such bullshit I was talking to somebody about it today and they said, you know, what did you think of it? And I said, well, I go, for one, I think Joaquin Phoenix understood exactly what movie he was in. And it's not the movie they showed us. Like, he seemed to have fully fleshed out a character that was given no script to exist. And that's kind of a bummer because, you know, like, like you have said, he can do this shit in his sleep. He was damn good in this. Like he was. Actually, what's up? He was. I would like to actually see. Like it would be cool to see him play the Joker in a proper, you know, movie with the Joker. If I wasn't so goddamn tired of the Joker already, but the movie served him nothing. And when it did, it was so unsure of itself and so unsure of its message that it decided to have exposition, like the "I live in a society" speech. That comes, you know, near the end, which was the weakest parts of the movie. I was comparing it to somebody today of the failings of Chris Nolan in Interstellar, not having confidence in himself to pull off visual storytelling the way that Spielberg would, who the movie was written for, and how we get to the big, like, 2001 wormhole sequence and then the movie has to inject exposition because it lost confidence in itself. That's this whole movie. The whole movie yeah. is just going, look, he's angry. Look, can't you tell? 
look, he's sad. Look. And I just sat there going, and it sucked because I was in the theater and about a half hour in, I'm like, wow. I go, this is visually quite a great, a well-filmed movie. And Phoenix's performance is making me believe that I'm watching something that's really important. And then the movie starts to betray itself. It, it, it yeah. It's almost like watching all three hangover movies happening at once where you get like this great setup where you go, okay, you're doing something cool. This is unique. These guys are not shitty people. And I'm really invested in figuring out what's going on. And then all of a sudden you get the hangover two, which is just a transphobic, shitty, angry, nasty mess of a movie. Yeah. And, and, and it, it really kind of shows that the guy at the helm just doesn't get the material. Or at least doesn't get, like, the substance of the material. He only gets how to make it look like it. Well, the, the thing about the Joker, and, you know, I'm, I'm probably going to end up plagiarizing stuff that I'll reuse to plagiarize myself. And, uh, you know, like, reuse this later as other stuff. Because I know I'm going to have to write about this movie again several times this year. But the thing about the... the I understand why every actor that plays the Joker gets really into it and ends up really liking to do this. And and I'm not trying to disparage Cesar Romero. Cesar, well, maybe Cesar Romero, I think, got that this was just a paycheck job and that it was fun. But I understand why Nicholson and Heath Ledger and the kid on Gotham... Mark Hamill, I think, gets it to a certain extent because he does just kind of just do it. And and Jared Leto, whatever, and now uh, Joaquin Phoenix. I understand why actors who are really into the craft of acting like the Joker. And with no disrespect meant to them at all, it's because the Joker is kind of a bullshit character in, in the best possible way in that all of these guys, because I know I know a lot of people who, you know, I, I worked in in school and at various points in my life and career with people who were in theater, who are actors who are really into acting. He's basically the do whatever you want free form acting exercise because there's no way to do it wrong. You right. know, it's because the Joker is supposed to be he in the comics, he never had a proper origin story. He's literally just a gangster who looks like a clown and is completely unhinged, random, making shit up as he goes along and is just cuckoo bananas, crazy pants. And therefore, whatever you do, just doing every random spastic thing that comes into your head and just exercising all of your demons in front of an audience and whatever you do is fine. Actors, method actors, love that shit. That's their most favorite thing in the world to do. And you never get to do it in a real character or a real performance. And that's what the Joker, that's all he is. So anything you do is fine. And you're going to get like praise heaped on you for doing it. And that's like catnip for an actor. You're literally being told to jerk off on stage. And they're going and to give prize that's for it exactly what this performance was too and, right. it, and not yeah. that it's a bad performance it's just no the no movie, he's the movie, great the movie, job. Nothing, the movie did nothing to serve him like nope. i said to somebody today in one sequence of heath ledger's performance in the dark knight 
which intentionally gave you no backstory and the whole point was it was all what you see and what you hear there was more substance to the character not the performance the performances are you know their own thing but the movie served how they wrote the character so well and that I got so much more substance out of that role about this character than this one that spends two hours trying to tell me why he's the Joker. Right. And it's, well, the thing is like, okay, like I want to be clear. I thought the idea behind this was a good idea. Me too. I was bummed out that I felt the same way that a lot of people did when I got out of it. Like the, the whole idea behind this, whether you think it's a cynical idea or a, like a, like a high minded idea of, okay, the thing that we're doing right now is these, you know, pop culture adaptations, this rules Hollywood right now. So, Hey, let's take one of these, break it down to base elements and do like a, a big, you know, character method movie, just about like one of these really well-known bad guy figures. Let's completely reinvent it. Let's give it a real grounded background kind of thing and take all of the uh, continuity franchise stuff out of it and really say, okay, what if, what if Joker, but in the real world where there's no DC comic stuff and a real guy turns into this, what would that be? Okay, cool. I'm, I'm interested in that. That's, you know, this is like when it's, you know, like back during the Renaissance when a million different guys all drew, all do, did like the same four Bible scenes and you got all these fascinating reinterpretations. Fine. Sure. Cool. Let's, let's see what this is. But this, this is a boring version of that because again, they're kind of, the text of the movie doesn't really agree with itself because, and I'm, I, I don't know Todd Phillips. Maybe he's a really sharp guy. This movie doesn't really seem to indicate that. I know he didn't write it, but he did make these decisions about uh, what was in there. All of like its references are all over the map in terms of, you know, I, I don't object to the the Scorsese illusions. You know, if you're going to do this and you're going to say, okay, since we're already doing this like familiar pop culture character, let's directly lift from Taxi Driver and The King of Comedy to Martin Scorsese movies, plug them into one thing, and it's okay, Travis Bickle plus the guy from King of Comedy together, both played by Robert De Niro, equals the Joker. Okay, you know what? I buy it. That's interesting. That's interesting. But what they come up with, the text doesn't agree with it. So like, why does this take place in the 80s? I'm not right. like yeah. when the movie's big set pieces basically occupy Wall Street. Right. It's like there was civil unrest in the 80s, but it wasn't about like I mean it was obliquely about class warfare because Reagan was hollowing out the middle class and wealth transfer, but it wasn't like, you know, this non-denominational you know, poor people railing against rich people. The 80s was white poor people versus black poor people. It was it was yeah. race riots all the time in New York. Uh, the Joker shooting the guys on the, the the inciting incident for people who haven't seen this yet. We're going to spoil fine. Whatever is that he, yeah, we're going to spoil a lot. Yeah. Is that he shoots uh, four guys who are bullying him on the subway because he's in his clown makeup. Uh, they've decided that uh, the Joker, his like issue with the laughing is that he has pseudo Balbar affect. They don't name it as that in the movie. But uh, that's the the neuro. The... They even they even betray that because yeah. they feel that it might that all might be a bullshit lie, and it might be that he just has freaking brain damage and trauma from being tied up and beaten by his mom's um, 
uh, boyfriend. Well, you you can that can that can do that though. Pseudo pseudo affect can come from uh, head trauma. But the movie starts having people question it. You know, they they literally have characters asking, "Do you even have this condition?" And it's like, yeah. movie, like what are you doing? They don't they don't they don't name check it as pseudobulbarvic, but like that that does actually track that that the idea is that the 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 constant laughing condition can result from from brain trauma. It can be something that you're okay. So so the result of the mistreatment. Okay, I, I'll yeah. I'll get that. Yeah. So well, no. The, so the the angle of this is that he has this neurological condition that they don't name. So thankfully, people with this actual condition uh, don't have to go through life having this movie attached to them. Uh, is he um, whenever he is like ner- uh, like in any way emotionally agitated, he laughs inappropriately, which uh, makes people dislike him. And he's also twitchy and weird in general. He wants to be a comedian, uh, but he sucks at it because he's not actually funny or observant because his life sucks. Um, he lives with his mother who is weird and he's weird. Um, he works as a clown and he shoots uh, four Wall Street guys who are picking on him on the subway. And the scene is meant to remind us of Bernie Getz. Yes. Now, now, do you remember this? Because this was in the ether when I was growing up, but this actually happened when you were one year old. Yes, no, I had to, I had to look it up. Um, yeah, because because I had remembered there being an incident at when I got out of the movie that seemed very similar to it. Yeah. So Bernie uh, Getz was this guy in New York who he was a white guy. I think he was a white Jewish guy. He shot four uh, black teenagers on a subway and then turned himself into police in New York and said, yeah, I shot four kids on the subway. I wounded them. One of them. One of the kids was paralyzed. Um, they were threatening me and said they would rob me. One of them might have had a screwdriver or a knife. And he went on trial. And because there was a lot of like urban crime in New York at the time, this was the same period as like the Central Park Five. uh, The the trial became this thing about the media at first built him up as the subway vigilante. It's Charles Bronson come to life. He's a hero. And then it turned out he was a big racist and that he probably and that he probably just shot four black guys. And it never was really clear whether these guys were threatening him or just like giving him shit. And he might have just shot four kids. And he basically only went to jail for like a year for uh, illegal possession of a firearm. This was the case that the NRA used that got like concealed carry standards relaxed. Huge scandal at the time. And there were riots in New York, but they were riots between white people who thought Bernie Getz was cool and black people who were pissed off about this. And in this movie alludes to this obliquely with this being set in the 80s and the Joker shoots these four Wall Street guys and it, because he's dressed as a clown, no one knows it's this random asshole named Arthur Fleck and he, it touches off this urban legend of there's a killer clown who's gunning for the rich people because the rich people have stolen all the resources and this basically creates a combination of anonymous with the Guy Fox mask, but instead it's clown masks. They don't explain where they all got the same clown mask and uh, occupy Wall Street. And this makes Thomas Wayne, who is in the movie, um, very, very upset because, you know, rich people are being disrespected and they're the ones who can fix things. So he decides to run for mayor and he goes on TV and says that all of you ungrateful people who ha- who can't really make it you're all just clowns 
and this makes and this is supposed to be in the movie like Hillary calling Trump voters deplorables. So all of the poor people in Gotham say, yeah, we are clowns. Fuck you. And it becomes like this mass movement of clowns versus the wealthy. And in the middle of this, Arthur is slowly going mad because he has discovered that his mother believes that Thomas Wayne, who she used to work for, was Arthur's father. And he tries to investigate this. And he eventually discovers that actually his mother was locked up in Arkham Asylum for adopting a kid and inventing a, a crazy romance in her head with Thomas Wayne and claiming that this kid, who she was actually just letting her asshole boyfriends beat up, was Thomas Wayne's kid. And he goes nuts and decides he's the Joker. Yeah, that, that, that's basically it. Yeah. Oh, no, no. But he get, oh, he gets the name Joker because, like, and again, all if you notice, all these political allusions are allusions to shit that happened like now in 2019, but it's set in the 80s using random 80s references for basically no reason other than we need you to keep remembering Taxi Driver, a good movie, so that you will reference our movie with it. Right. And it, it, it's, it's a bummer because they obviously put a lot of time into making it look period. And it's very well shot. And, yes, you know, it and, and it, it's incredibly strange because, you know, you, you bring to the point and I'll I'll bring up my other point involving Thomas Wayne that really pisses me off after you talk about um, how he got the name Joker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So in yeah, so he gets the name Joker because this is another one of those things that's like not like now he goes to a comedy club and bombs because he can't actually tell jokes and just laughs at himself. And. And, and really quick, I will I will give the movie that one of the few like actually inspired things in it. Yeah, they they do nothing with which starts with that moment where he sees himself as doing really well at yeah. that comedy thing and invents the romance with the girl down the hall and yeah. like it shows him like gaining confidence from this thing. Yeah, and then. You double back and they they do like a a Shyamalan drop like halfway through the movie where they show you that he made all that up. But yeah, that that will be very surprising to everyone in the audience who hasn't seen a movie before. Yeah. And then they don't use it for anything. They do that as like, okay, we're going to we're going to go somewhere with this. And then you go, oh, no, it's just to show that he's crazy. Well, it's like it's it's to confirm that he knows that the thing about his mother is true because then when he realizes that he realizes, Oh shit, I've got the same thing she has. I guess that's fair. Yeah. It's, it's, I, so, I, was, I was too bored. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, it comes at exactly the point when you can't really care anymore. Now. So some, somehow the clip of him, uh, bombing at this comedy club goes viral in 1984 uh, which wasn't a thing that happened in the 80s. But it, right. it basically, Robert De Niro is playing the Jerry Lewis part from The King of Comedy. Ha, 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 because Robert De Niro was playing the the Joaquin Phoenix part from this in The King of Comedy. He's like the, the, the David Letterman of Gotham. And he plays the clip of the Joker bombing in a comedy club on his show. And he calls this guy, look at his Joker, <laughs> and like makes fun of him. And then later invites him to come on the show, and he his plan is to give him a hard time on the show and and you know pick on him. Fine, this wasn't a thing that ever happened. Like in the like going viral now 
is a thing that happens. And I'm looking at this and it's like, there's no reason for this part of the story to take place in 1984 other than this these tacky references to Scorsese movies. Like, they, they don't mean anything. And, you know, I'll repeat myself, but in my review, th- this movie is, it's the, the movie version of well, those mall t-shirts that yes. when you when you look at it at first, it looks like the poster from The Godfather, but then you look again and it's the cast of Family Guy. And, and you know, you think at first, oh, hey, look, see the family, but Family Guy, <laughs> that's funny. And then you think, wait, wait, so is is that actually satire? Like, is that saying anything about The Godfather or about Family Guy? Or is, like, does the juxtaposition mean anything? Or is that just two things I recognize squished together in some way? And that's basically it. Like, there's no, and that's fine, you know, like doing Taxi Driver, but then you look again and Travis Bickle is the Joker. There's nothing inherently wrong with, like, the the one thing in the style of another thing angle. But this movie keeps stopping you while you're going, huh, that's cute, and going, no, it's not cute. It means something. And then you go, right. okay, what it means? to make it mean something. Yeah, it's like, okay, Todd, what does it mean? Something. It means we're in a society. Yeah, and it's, I kept wanting to give it credit. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to let you off with like a C plus. Just get to the end of the movie and don't have the Joker monologue to an audience and thus the audience what he's all about and what I'm supposed to take away from the movie. And then they do that. And you know, that to me, not only does that not work, it's the worst scene in the movie. It's actually the worst that Phoenix is in the movie. It's it's like even he can't figure out what to do with it. Well, because it's in that moment, he has to do a specific thing instead of just, okay, we're going to roll the camera and just do something. And in that moment, they're, they're, they basically, they redo the bit from uh, the Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns when he goes on the talk show and kisses Dr. Ruth. And, but in this one, instead of gassing everyone, he just shoots somebody. Yeah. And it's, and, it's just really lazy. Well, the thing is, there's the, at that point, there's the germ of an idea as to, like with with someone who was act, if they had settled whether they were doing like this takeoff or whether this was a Batman villain origin, there's the germ of an idea in here of how Arthur Fleck winds up as the Joker in the sense that he goes on the show and he shows us like with his little plan, his plan is to go on the show and shoot himself and thus make everyone feel bad about having laughed at him. And then when the audience starts clearly going along with his, you know, made up on the spot rant about, you know, the rich and society and all this stuff, he really gets into putting on the show and decides to shoot the host and kiss the uh, the guest and then walk out into the street and do his whole thing and get into it. And then towards the end, when the police are taking him to jail, uh, someone, the, the people in the clown costumes are rioting in the streets and the someone crashes a car into the police car and other people dressed like clowns pull him out of the police car and revive him and they put him up on top of the police car and 
you know, they're cheering Joker, Joker, Joker. And he, you know, throws his hands up in like a Christ pose and puts his smile back on with his own blood. And he's like, oh, okay. So the, the, the other clowns, you know, he, he needs an audience and, you know, they've cheered him on into embracing this, like, even like the movement got bigger than him. And now he's the Joker. Like it's tacky and dumb. But that's something. There's the germ of an idea that this guy is so desperately unloved that the attention builds him up into being the Joker. Like, this isn't that movie because there's nothing in there before that builds into that. But, like, that thing. Yeah. You still there? Yes. Okay, yeah. Like, that's a thing. I don't don't know. It's, it's, It's the... It's not interesting enough for me to be mad at. It's just frustrating and like it's just as and it, it it thinks it has something to say and it doesn't and it just feels cynical and and calculated. Yeah, so it's I mean like like I said, I think that the bit with the, them building up into the Joker is it's sort of interesting, but there's there's just no through line to it. It it's the dressing of something that's about something that's not really about something. And it eventually just becomes annoying to me. Right. And, yeah. and I said, you know, the bit where he's actually become the Joker and on TV was yeah. my second least favorite part of the movie. My first least favorite part of the movie comes as a direct betrayal of everything Todd Phillips and everybody involved in this has been saying this movie was supposed to be, which this was the, comic book movie that wasn't a comic book movie you know it was detached and it wouldn't have anything to do with the batman universe and okay so still stick thomas wayne in there okay that's cool you know at least there's some tie-in and it's still in gotham okay and and bruce is still there and the joker like terrorizes him at one point but then they had to insert this scene during the riots and i'm going to say spoiler alert again because this is probably the only real thing that anyone can spoil about this movie for you that's not in the trailers. But the movie all of a sudden cuts in these scenes in an alleyway that are shot completely different than the rest of the movie. It's like mm-hmm. soundstage and like looks kind of like a Chris Nolan movie, I'd, I'd say, or even like the... It, it's supposed to evoke, oh crap, this is the part where Bruce Wayne's parents die. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what they do. And okay, so it's less lazy, I guess, than the Daredevil and Batman Tim Burton movie making the villain be the person that killed the parents to make it more villainous. But that's the only thing you can think of to give like a nod to a Batman movie. And for Christ's sakes, do this after the goddamn credits if you're going to be that cowardly. Yeah. It, it It was lazy and cowardly. It's like we were touting the whole time that oh, this is going to be the big anti-Batman universe movie. And I guarantee that's like a studio note, right? Like, oh, this movie's going to make big money now. Um, we yeah. got Because when people ask for a sequel, it's going to have to have Batman in it. I don't even know if it's the sequel. I, I feel like it's, I mean, maybe they wanted to do it. Maybe it was like just a note that said, maybe it was there from the beginning. Maybe it's like, no, you know, if we're going to mention Bruce, we have to put this in there. Otherwise people are going to ask, you know, like it's, we, we need one, you know, like the ending is big, but we need one more like a puzzle. It's like, oh, yep, Batman. But, uh, you know, and I guess, I guess there's nothing that says that he becomes Batman after that, but, uh, comes Batman after that. Well, right. But 
Um, I feel like if I'm Warner Brothers, I look at that point. At, like maybe there was a point in us. I wouldn't put it past them, given the way that the rest of this is. That at one point there might have been like a, uh, like the stinger in that scene was that like you know young Bruce gets shot instead of the parents and. You know, like that's supposed to be the whoa, holy shit, this is different. And like the studio said, no, that'll make that everyone really mad. That Sorry? would have been something. It would have been something, but I can also see the studio going, no, nope, that's a bridge too far. You got to have it the other way around. But uh, it's it's really dopey. And I feel like if I'm Warner Brothers, I'm looking at even if this isn't Todd Phillips' plan, I'm looking at that and saying, okay. You know, we know what we said about this and everything else, but the next Batman movie is like set in the 90s, I guess. And Robert Pattinson is playing him young. So if this becomes like the biggest thing and the fans get mad and demand that only Joaquin Phoenix can play the Joker when he comes back, then this is our like uh, like our back door to make that OK. Even if we say wink, wink, he's not necessarily Arthur Fleck. Wink. Which is the truth. And and I do like that one line, which is kind of like the washing your hands of the prior movies when he finally understands that he's not, you know, his mom's son, Arthur Fleck. I hate that name. And I'm like, all right, so there's there's your little Ben Affleck, um, not too subtle middle finger <laughs> punching down there, Todd. Good job. Yeah, it's, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty gross. It was just it, and again, you know, this whole big thing that came with oh this is going to be the you know the movie that switches incels on and all this it it's too lazy and too empty to even be that movie yeah you no know? it's uh it's it's really not it's no more like violent or disturbing or like he doesn't do anything especially graphic or grotesque there's only that one stabbing like the, the yeah. gun the, the scenes where he shoots people are pretty tame. Yeah, he shoots like, you know, five people total, one of which is a group thing that's like mostly off screen, and he stabs a guy. Like, that's it. And the stabbing is pretty horrific, but it also is one of the only scenes in the movie where they stick really unfortunate midget jokes into it. So Yeah, yeah. I guess we're supposed to have sympathy for him in that scene because he lets his friend go. I, I, I mean, that's the cinematic equivalent of the terrible Dane Cook joke about the guy that shoots up his office building and thanks the one guy that gave him the Snickers bar. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I guess, you know, it, what it really comes down to is it's, it's just lazy. Um, it's lazy. And b before we jump into a, to another, because the, the Joker happened to come into this conversation the the reason i wanted to have you back on um so quick remains to be seen and we'll get there but just answer a couple of questions you know i'm i watch a lot of movies i don't watch as many as you but we're both you know the type of people that have seen enough movies to call bullshit on something like this you know that is just um window dressing substance ripping off other things but the general public is maybe maybe it's just from the the buzz is jumping right on this thing like right it made a lot of money and it's opening on um, thursday it's gonna make a lot of money this first weekend maybe it has legs and people you know dig into it like they dig into michael bay transformers movies or 
Justice League or whatever else, and maybe it just falls completely flat. That remains to be seen. But for me, as I guess closer to a normal movie going person than say a critic like you to me my takeaway from why people are jumping on it is that the buzz came from people not being able to see like you said it's like a movie wearing another movie's skin and phoenix's portrayal of the character is what's tricking you into thinking there's actual substance there i guess um i mean that's apparently why the what the venice festival people liked it so much is they liked the performance more than they liked the movie but where do you see that coming from like a critic side was ever were people jazzed about it in the screening you were at i mean people were curious i think that this was something that was going to make money no matter what i i don't think it's a big mystery that you take like this super popular character and say hey we we did a you know you know like the joker from the batman movies that guy you always like we, we made a movie just about that come see it and, you know, they had good trailers and people were were excited. I, I don't think it's like some huge mystery that this was going to make money. I think as soon as someone proposed this to Warner Brothers, they said, wait, we just make one about the joke. Well, yeah, that saves a lot of time. Shit. Let's just do that. So, yeah, I, I don't think it's a big mystery. It's going to make money. Sure. Yeah. I, I don't think the word amount. But what was the pulse? What was the pulse of the critics at your screening? Because like the early, early critics were pretty positive. And then the closer we get to release, it's, you know kind of dropping more into the you know 50 50 side so it was, was like split, split leaning on the negative yeah that's kind of what i figured yeah yeah and it's one of those things like where you get a movie like batman versus superman that's just from conception to execution just uh it it just doesn't it doesn't arrive it's just a big yeah. mess whereas mm -hmm. this it has all these separate parts that are actually quite well done that don't coalesce to anything of substance. And yeah. that's depressing. It's, it's a bummer, you know? It is a bummer. But I think a week or two from now, unless, unless you know, something big happens with it, like making an asinine instead of just a kind of okay amount of money, I, I don't think people are going to be talking about this. That's kind of how I feel. I don't think the word of mouth will be, will be like super strong, but you never know. Because it doesn't even have, like, the Venom curiosity of the people that kind of jumped on that because they accepted it as kind of like a dopey, like, comedic, like, almost self-aware thing. Yeah. This is this this not only isn't very good, but it's unpleasant. It's not, like, a fun experience to put yourself through. Yeah, no, no, it's not. Not really. And almost nothing happens. That's the... Yeah. You know, by the, by the time we get to our big, you know, third act where it's, okay, he's going to be the Joker finally, it's like... So he shoots a guy. Yeah. All right. Shoots a guy that we know nothing about other than that he idolizes him. So, okay. Yeah. I don't know. So that, that, that's it on the Joker, I guess. All right. So that was um, the Chipman Brothers tangent. Me and my brother Bob, movie Bob Chipman's um, very, very current thoughts on the Joker. Um, and we're going to try to get back together soon and get these out a little bit quicker to get some more current thoughts out because we're in the season where things are popping out quicker. So until next time, this is Chris. I'm Bob. Thank you for coming along on the tangent. And remember, we live in a society, Bob. We do live in a society, Chris. <laughs>